Trigger warning. This podcast may contain descriptions of physical, emotional, sexual, spiritual, mental, and child abuse in a church setting. Listener discretion is advised. What you're about to hear is a story of events that unfolded within a church. Events that define truth is stranger than fiction. Events that ultimately led to the escape of several families. These families are known as the Rebellion. Hi, I'm Lizzie. And I'm Luke. We're in our 30s, we've been married over 10 years, and have three kids. This podcast is about a church experience, so here's a little about our church backgrounds. As a young child, my parents took me to church, you know, off and on. It was always a Baptist church, though. I started at this church as a teenager with my family. I married in the church building, and I had all of my kids at the church. The church was essentially my second family. I had friends. All my kids had friends that they'd know since they were babies, And we were very faithful members. We attended Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening, and several other activities during the week. I ran the live streaming ministry, and I also worked in the nursery, and I did several other ministries prior to that. So I'm Luke. I started going to this church after I got married uh, to Lizzie. Uh, Prior to going to this church, I grew up in a non-denominational church during my elementary school and part of my middle school days, um, but didn't get saved until after um, when I was about around 18. That was after I met Lizzie and she found me a small country Baptist church where I lived at the time and I went there for about a year and a half. Even before coming to this church, I listened to their sermons online and uh, was familiar with the way they worked through Lizzie, and I visited a few times. So I was already uh, pretty familiar with how they worked, and then we, I personally started attending there after I got married to Lizzie and moved, uh, moved in this location. In the church, uh, over the years, I've I've been in the live streaming ministry, and that kind of faded and got passed on to Lizzie as I moved on to other things like uh, the security team. I was a team lead there. Um, prior to that, I also like ran uh, Bible studies, and we've been just very active in the church. So the church itself was an independent Baptist church. And had around four to five hundred on any Sunday morning. The congregation was all ages. There were young people, there were really old people, and there was everything in between. And most of the people were great people. We got along, we had friends, we didn't really have any problems with anyone. It was just a great place to be. Uh, The pastor 
had shifted away from some standard Baptist doctrine into more of a grace believer stance. So it was not necessarily a very standard Baptist church at this point because of the switching of beliefs. And the pastor himself was a man in his 60s, and he was extremely intelligent and had so much Bible memorized, it was almost scary. His brain was a filing cabinet of Bible verses, and he knew exactly where they were. And he would regularly spout them out during messages, and he would easily quote 10 from memory and then 30 from, like, you know, give me this place, and he knew where it was and what it was going to talk about. Very intelligent man. And I had a lot of respect for him because of this. I didn't believe every single thing he said, but I believed he was a man trying his best to lead his people, as any good pastor would. And I thought that his eccentricities about him were just because he was an incredibly intelligent man. So there was a time in the church that things started feeling off. Things just felt wrong. There was general unease around our peers because we noticed many of the class teachers that were highly experienced were quitting and being replaced by 18 to 25-year-olds. Uh, even outside of the the teachers, just things were happening that one after another that were coming out of either through rumors, through word of mouth, or even announcements in front of the whole congregation that they would announce it and you would say, really? And things were shocking. And it just seemed like it built on over time. But one of the highlights that we want to talk about is the experience and training or lack thereof, of the teachers in the classrooms at this time. Specifically those 18 to 25-year-old young people that they were literally given no training and they were just people that they're like, hey, I'm willing to serve. Oh, okay, here's your class. Good luck. And because they were so un uneducated in how to be a teacher, the children were unruly from lack of structure and these young adults became frustrated and they they did things like say inappropriate things like shut up and stupid to elementary children so my peers and I you know we discussed this and we talked about why these young people were not being trained and why they weren't necessarily given a curriculum to even go by the others, my peers were more concerned about this than I was, and so they went to like the leadership or people in charge, and they discussed these issues with them. And most of the time, the leadership, you know, they said, oh, okay, I understand, and then they just ignored it and moved on, didn't really do anything, or it was just struck down as, you know, oh, that's not important. And, oh, we'll, we'll handle it. We'll take care of it. But nothing was ever done. And my personal mindset was that it bothered me. But these were just young adult volunteers. And somebody had to do it. And Luke and I were far too busy with our ministries to take on any more. 
So as long as the kids were unharmed and returned alive, you know, everything would be fine. And that's just the way I viewed it, is they're volunteers, and I thought that it would just be totally okay. But I was wrong. Dead wrong. So now, the incident that started everything. It was a very average Sunday. We dropped the kids off in their classes, and I went to my balcony to start live-streaming the service while Luke went to security duty. After church, I went downstairs to sign up to volunteer in Vacation Bible School. The sign-up sheet was in the assistant pastor's office. While I was in there signing up, the Sunday school director approached me, saying an incident had occurred. And he said, Hey, uh, I just wanted to let you know, in Arnold's class, Lily pushed over his podium and he slapped her hand. I told him this was absolutely not acceptable, but I just thought I'd let you know what is up. So Lily was my six-year-old daughter. She is a sweet and bubbly and goofy little girl. She has a personality, to say the least. And she was in kindergarten at this time. Arnold was a man in his 20s, married with no children. He was also the assistant pastor's son. So during this entire conversation, the assistant pastor is also hearing everything the Sunday school director is telling me because I'm standing in his office. So after I, I heard this, my initial reaction was that Lily must have been grabbing for something on the podium and he, you know, slapped her to stop it. And so my response was, oh, okay. And then I just made some kind of comment about her being a goofy six-year-old. And then the Sunday school director surprised me by saying, well, just so you know, her teachers have been telling me that she's really been acting up in class. And I was just taken aback at this point. And I asked, well, why has no one said anything? He said, well, that's what I asked. I told them that they need to tell me these things. And I said, okay, thanks for letting me know. But I was really angry at Lily because, you know, I had been, you know, checking with her and her older sister and like always asking like, how is class going? Are you behaving yourself? And she always told me she was. And her older sister always told me that she was. So I was also angry at her older sister for lying to me, covering for her little sister. So when I told Luke about this on the drive home, I was really upset. And I was disappointed to say the least because our children generally have been good. Even Lily with her goofy personality and to hear bad reports was very surprising and upsetting that everything we that she's been taught and how she has been in the past is all of a sudden not correct anymore. After we arrived home, we were trying to discuss an appropriate discipline for Lily. What should we do next? Maybe we should ground her or have her like pull her out of class, you know, make her sit in the adult service with us in the balcony. You know, we were just brainstorming ideas. And then I was just kind of sitting there and I asked Luke, do you still have access to the church video cameras? Of course I do. I'm on the security team. I have the cameras right on my phone. So I pulled up the footage. The first time I saw the video, I didn't believe what I saw. What I was told by the Sunday school director is that she pushed his podium and he slapped her hand. So that's 
I wasn't sure what I was going to see, but I figured it would be something like that. But here's what I saw. Arnold was behind a podium and the children were singing and Lily was right in front of the podium, smiling. And other kids came up near her and began rocking the podium until Arnold's drink, which was inside of the podium, was knocked over. And another child from the side pointed it out to him and he looked up and he saw Lily standing right in front of him because the other kids that had been knocking the podium had retreated, they'd gone back, they'd yeah. ran away. They hightailed it out of there because they knew something bad happened and they didn't want to get in trouble. And this next part was what really shocked me is right after he looked up and saw her, he took his hand out and placed it on her collarbone and shoved her like feet. Like she was very forcefully shoved and she's a small little six-year-old girl, and he is not a small dude. And I just, I didn't hear anything about her being shoved. I just heard that her hand was slapped. And it wasn't a light shove. Again, it was, it wasn't just a tap on the collarbone. It was a full shove where she, her body reeled back a few footsteps in the in the weight and the, the force of the shove. So she reacted nervously it appeared like she was laughing and she stepped forward and like put her hand up and he immediately slapped her hand down hard on the podium and she began crying really loudly and holding her hand and at this point in the video the room went completely silent juxtaposed to the chaotic scene previously and arnold kind of looked down and another adult came in the room she like she was she was in the back of the room and she like came up and took her out of the room. She was preoccupied at the time and didn't see the incident happen, but once she heard Lily crying, she looked up and said, "Uh-oh." And then went up to get Lily and took her out of the room. So that's what we saw on the video. And it really wasn't what we had been told. Cuz he didn't just slap her because she did something wrong. He shoved her out of anger and then slapped her hard. Oh, did we mention also that he yelled at her in between shoving and slapping? He yelled, actually, and after he slapped her hand, he bent down, kind of got in her face and was yelling at her as well. And also, she wasn't the one that spilled his drink. Like, she didn't even cause the problem. She just happened to be there. So at this point, I'm feeling like a, like terrible because I had just been really angry at my little kindergartner for misbehaving in class and causing trouble. And it turns out that she really didn't do anything wrong. She was just standing there. And I felt like a terrible mother, essentially. So I went over and I finally asked her what happened. And she said, well, Mr. Arnold hit me. And it scared me, and I apologized to her. And obviously, at this point, I stopped all disciplinary considerations. And I was mostly dealing with, like, the feelings that I was not being... I wasn't asking her how she was doing. I wasn't, you know, focused on her. I was just angry about her behavior. At this point, my thoughts were, who who do you turn to for this sort of stuff? It's a really a big deal. This is the assistant pastor's son. 
so nobody would really care what he does. And that was kind of like my starter thoughts on this. Like, eh, can't really do anything. Not really sure what we're even supposed to do. So after this, we went to my parents for Sunday lunch. And my parents and brother were very disturbed that a man violently hit my child. And they were like, this is not okay. But my thoughts were, you know, it doesn't matter because he's untouchable. No one can take down the assistant pastor's son. Nobody will think this is a big deal. Also, these people think it's normal to hit a child for correction. So where could we even go from here? Was this a dead end at this point? So after discussing it, Luke and I decided to go to the Sunday school director and talk to him about this. And he had told us that Lily wouldn't be in Arnold's class anymore since she was only in there for 15 minutes every week for music time while her regular teacher was in choir. So we asked him for a meeting and we showed him the video. So I showed him the video from the, my phone again and he, his initial reaction was he was surprised and he seemed like he genuinely understood and was concerned. He then decided to, sh to share with us other reports of Arnold telling the children to shut up, even after specifically being told not to say that to the children. He also brought in a scale to weigh the kids and write their weights on the board for whatever reason that was for. Uh, and then having even a child wear his dirty gym shirt as a punishment for talking. And you know, this guy, he goes to the gym. He gets sweaty. And to have that is extremely disturbing. To have it, a kid wear it over their head as a punishment. And then the Sunday school director also told us that Arnold said he didn't remember the incident. And that highly disturbed me. So it sounded like he blacked out when it happened. Blind rage? So what? where do we go from here? So what we wanted to do is we asked for, for Arnold to apologize to Lily. We just wanted an apology. So... The Sunday school director said he would talk to Arnold and have that be done. It was at this point that I really began questioning things. You know, was she actually misbehaving in class? Or was that a cover-up to explain why she was hit? So I decided to do a little research. And I checked with all of her other church teachers. And like I said, we were there every service. So she had several different teachers. And when I checked with them, they all had a very similar response. It was something like, she is a character. She is goofy and joyful and so sweet. She's not trouble in class. Sometimes she does things like sit on the table. But when I ask her to sit in her chair, she does. She is a complete joy and, you know, things of that nature. I even asked um, some of them that were my friends, like closer to my friends, 
if I'm like, hey, tell me the truth. And they told me, I would tell you if she were causing problems and she is not a troublemaker in class. That was not what I was told. So I was a little confused and started to distrust at this point. A couple of weeks later, I picked up my kids from their classes after church and Arnold came up to me. I assumed he was there to apologize to Lily since she was standing right next to me. Instead, he asked, hey, where's Luke? I said, I think he's in the security room. Okay, thanks. So Arnold came up to the security room. I was up there monitoring the cameras. That's where all of our equipment was for the security cameras. And he came in, shook my hand and said, I'm sorry for what happened with your daughter. She shouldn't have been there doing that, but that's no excuse for what I did. The way he delivered it wasn't extremely sincere. He was naturally a little awkward and nervous seeming, and he left it at that. So I told Lizzie what happened. And this really angered me. He didn't even apologize to the right person. And when he apologized, he blamed her. So we contacted the Sunday school director again. And at this point, to me, it felt like he really wasn't interested in helping anymore. Like, yeah, I did whatever, it's over. So a couple more weeks went by and Arnold still hadn't apologized. So we decided to, you know, find him ourselves and ask for an apology for Lily. So I took Lily and found Arnold in his classroom. We went in and I said, hey, Arnold, I have Lily here for for closure purposes on her end because she's been pretty traumatized by this. And for your sake, I would like you to apologize to her. And so he took her over to the side, got down to her level and, and issued an apology. I didn't hear word for word, but it sounded sincere, enough and that's when Lizzie walked into the room as this was happening and I filled her in on what what was taking place and after he was done with his apology um, he came over to us and I essentially told him that if I ever hear about him hurting a child again that I'm going to turn him in and his face looked horrified he looked very scared at this point after that was over, I thought I'd feel more resolved. But I really didn't, because the feeling that this man hurt my child and had no consequences for it made me feel sick. But I tried to suppress the feeling, and I reminded myself that nothing would be done. At this time, we didn't know, and there wasn't any readily available policies or procedures for either reporting things like this for consequences for actions of this of this nature or anything along those lines so what else could be done as the weeks went on we had some summer campfires with our peers over so our peers started talking more about how our children were being cared for in their church classes and I talked about the situation with Arnold. 
and our peers were completely appalled that we did not do more. They said things like, if that were my child, I'd leave the church. If that were my child, I would demand justice. I'd probably call the cops. Hi, my name is Romeo. I am married to Rachel, and both of us had been attending the church for over 20 years. Both our families were attending the church. It's the place where we met. It's the place where we got married. And it's the place where we were raising our children. I had heard some things a little early on about an incident that happened with Luke and Lizzie's daughter with the teacher. Um, it did not sound very good. It sounded like it was inappropriate what happened and that it was not handled appropriately either uh, as far as after the fact. I didn't know a lot of details. I was getting things secondhand. And it was one of those things where I wanted to kind of give grace because in my perspective, and I think a lot of people had this perspective, this type of thing probably didn't come up a whole lot. So they didn't really probably, leadership probably didn't really know how to handle it. And so that's probably where most of the problem came from. And we get to the campfire where Luke and Lizzie were seeking feedback and advice from their peers on if they were out of line feeling that things were not handled appropriately and if them being not content with how it was handled was unnormal. And there were conversations around it. And that night I actually saw the video of what occurred and it completely changed my perspective. Um, cause those things that happen, I don't care what anyone says about parents and how they discipline their children. First of all, someone shouldn't do that at all with a child parent or not, but especially Someone who's not the parent should not feel that it is acceptable to treat a child like that. I mean, that just takes it even further and makes it even worse. And for how it was not taken more seriously and action was not taken more swiftly, a lot of red flags were going up. And my wife, who uh, Rachel has a very long uh, in close relationship with the pastor and his family. Uh, she was quite confident because at this point, um, he and the pastor had not really been included in the handling of the situation. And so Rachel voiced her opinion on her confidence in if pastor gets involved with this, he will make sure to make this right and make sure to handle it properly. And when I heard these things... I felt like all of my feelings and thoughts were validated because I am the type of person that doesn't like to cause trouble. I like to let things go and just, I don't want to be the person that, you know, starts something. I was always the type to try to avoid confrontation, especially in a church setting, because you didn't want to offend anyone. You wanted to be everyone's friend. The assistant pastor even gave me the 
title of being the world's nicest man and stirring up a tr- uh, stirring up trouble like this seemed against my nature. But our peers encouraged us to do more. So this really got me thinking, like, what did I truly want? And what I wanted was for him to be removed from working with children. If he was so volatile that he blacked out and hurt my daughter, he could easily do that again. It was clear that the the parents that we talked to were very concerned. And again, that validated my feelings and thoughts as well. It also helped me see the the weight and the seriousness of what happened. So in my mind, this was something worth being pursued, no matter how uncomfortable it made me feel. But I warned Luke of what we were getting into because I was into like church culture and like church life more than he was. So I said, once we start something, we will be looked at differently because they like to try to sweep things under the rug. They will minimize everything. Once we bring this up, we may be kicked out. We don't know what will happen because you can't go after an important person in the church, like a church family member, like without becoming an enemy. And I knew that this would be the case. I knew that it might be an uphill battle, but with, again, with the, with the validating responses from the parents being concerned and our own concerns, I felt like this wasn't only a fight for something that happened to our kids, but a fight for the safety of all children in the church and for the comfort and the safety for the parents in the church as well. And I knew that the only option at this point was to fight for the what the right thing is. So at this point, we decided to take it another step. And we knew it was time to move on to the paid employees. So our options were Arnold's father, the assistant pastor, or the head pastor. And we decided to go to the head pastor to avoid it being weird discussing Arnold with his own father. So I asked pastor to come in for a meeting and he was, he was concerned. Oh, he didn't, he didn't know what it was about. When we got into his office, we explained the situation. He originally thought like we were going to tell him we were pregnant or something. So we unfolded the situation, what had happened. I showed him the video and explained everything and the concerns of everybody. And this was the, he said this, he knew nothing about the situation. And he right off the bat suggested that he bring in the assistant pastor to help settle this because it was his son involved. So pastor got up, walked out of the room, left us in his office that had nice cushy leather couches. And he said, the assistant pastor's right in the next room. Let me go get him. 
he brought he came back in brought the assistant pastor and he he told the assistant pastor what we were there to talk about and said and just make sure they're satisfied i gotta go i have another obligation so pastor left and left us there with assistant pastor and us the assistant pastor was already familiar with what happened and it was clear that he was uncomfortable with dealing with the situation since it involved his own son and our daughter. So we explained everything and his response was he addressed the curriculum in the Sunday school classes and he's been he said he's been working with one of our missionaries and they were going to get new curriculum put together and they're going to have uh, more structure. And I think his hopes were to have the curriculum fix everything in the classrooms because in his mind, what I think was that since all the teachers had nothing to run with, no curriculum, that this would at least give them something to base their structure off of in the classrooms. And he went on th with this for quite a while, going on for a few minutes with hope that this would be satisfactory because there are changes on the horizon. And it came to a point where I I almost stopped him in in middle of what he was saying, and I said, okay, so here's the deal. There's a large call by the parents to have Arnold removed from the children ministries, period. They just don't feel safe. He, at that point, he kind of hung his head a little bit in realization that, like, the, that the curriculum's not going to work. And he said, okay, so you want him out? And we said, yeah. And you could tell it hit him with reality. It was uncomfortable for both of us. It was a situation that none of us wanted to be in. And the weight of the situation, I think, finally settled on him. So he said, Okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell him that because of what he did, we're removing him from his class for liability issues. He will not find out that you were involved or anything. And this felt wrong to me because it meant that he wouldn't be told that what he did was wrong. It meant that he wouldn't know that he was removed from all children's ministries. But in my mind, I decided it was okay because he wouldn't, he would be gone and he wouldn't hurt another child. And that's what we wanted. So after that was settled, he went on about how we were good people and how he was glad that it happened to us because other parents might be more upset. And I believe that's something the Sunday school director had also said to us pre previously, is that, you know, I'm, oh, I'm glad it happened. Well, I'm not glad it happened to you, but you guys are understanding, compassionate people. I felt kind of weird when he was saying that. And he also said things like, yeah, you just got to take it straight to the top, you know, but I'm just going to caution you. I know you said that other people were involved and, you know, you, you shouldn't be talking to other people about stuff like this. 
And at that point, I, I know the assistant pastor better than the head pastor. Like, we have a little bit of, you know, back and forth to us. And so I challenged him, and I asked, well, why can't I share things with my friends about people we're concerned may harm our children? And he was kind of taken aback by that question. He said, well, it's fine to talk to your friends for counsel. Just don't form a committee or anything. And that kind of like sparked something in my mind. Why can't we form a committee? What is so bad about a committee? Like, at this point, I felt, like, more resolved. This might be okay. Things might be alright. Because I got what I wanted, so... Things might be okay. It'd just be kind of awkward, you know, with Arnold around and stuff. But it may, it'll work out. It'll be okay. And the next week, the assistant pastor taught Arnold's class. I was still feeling okay, because he was not... Like, he was in the class, but he wasn't teaching the class. And I'm like, okay, maybe he just needs a week to say goodbye to his class. Fine. But the next week, a friend alerted me that Arnold was taking kids to the bathroom. And I don't really know how to accurately describe what I felt at that time because I I felt like, what am I supposed to do? He didn't even know he was supposed to not be with children. He didn't know that. What am I supposed to do? Stop him in the hall and say, hey, you stay away from that child. So I just didn't even know how to react because I was told that he wouldn't be involved in any children's ministries and there he was with children. And in the following weeks, I heard he was with children again. I believe he was like, he was watching a class and that was a very, very clear violation of our agreement. But what am I supposed to do? I didn't know how to turn to. I already turned to the highest person I could think. Like, what am I supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? The next part happened when my friend Estelle was the new nursery director. And she reminded me that Arnold and his wife are on the nursery rotation. So I thought it was important to tell her as the nursery director that he is not to be in any children's ministries. So he should be removed from the nursery rotation. I'm Estelle. Um, I've been in the church for 15 years. My husband has been in the church for 20, and he's had some really important connections with the assistant pastor. And um, all of our kids have been born there, and we've been part of all the ministries that were possible for us throughout having kids and all of that, um, faithful members, faithful attending. I recently became the nursery director. My husband throughout this had become the director of the security team. So we were very invested in the church. When I became the nursery director, I knew that the person who had hurt this child was scheduled to work in the nursery. So one of the first things that I wanted to talk to the pastor about was the request that he be removed from nursery. This was something that I felt was right. I very much felt like the safety of the kids in the nursery fell on me and I wanted to be responsible and do what was right. And so I talked to him. I asked him to talk after a church service. 
And I tried to get him to go off privately to an office or to move away from the crowd. And he just kept rejecting that. Like he wanted to stay right there in the hallway with all the people. I think I don't, I can't speak for what his intentions, but the parents of this man who hurt the child, they were standing right there. And he, it seemed intentionally turned his body towards them so that he was talking towards them. And he kept saying his name over and over again. And it was really frustrating for me because I wanted to keep that private. I didn't want to cause problems. And I just said to him, look, I know that Lizzie had wanted, had requested that he be removed from children's ministry. And I also feel like he should be removed from children's ministry. I need you, pastor, to make a decision about that because what's happening seems unclear. And I don't want to be responsible for him being in there if something should happen. I made it clear to him that I needed him to make that decision. And uh, he was like, okay, I'll think about it and then I will get back to you. And shortly after that conversation happened, I got a call from an unknown number and I answered it and it was Pastor. The conversation went something like this. Hi, Lizzie. I was just talking to Estelle and she said you have a problem with Arnold working in the nursery? Well, here's my thought. He's in there with his wife and obviously he's not a bad guy. He just made a mistake. He's not a threat. I've known him since he was a baby, and he's a good man. I would have him watch my own grandkids. He talked for about 15 minutes straight until he finally asked me to talk. I stood my ground and I said I was not okay with him working in the nursery. He continued to try to explain that it was just a little mistake. And Things are so different nowadays. That kind of hitting was acceptable not long ago. And after a while of him not getting anywhere, uh, he finally tried to, you know, compromise a little bit. Well, what if he's only in the nursery when your kids aren't in there? I said, My kids are no longer in the nursery. Well, then why does it matter to you? And I explained to him that it's not just my children that would be affected. And that's why I cared about him not being in there. It was an over 40-minute conversation, and I did not give him my blessing. And he just finally gave up and said he'd take what I said into consideration. And at the end of that conversation, I was very proud of myself for not being talked into okaying it. Because, like I said, I like to try to keep peace. I like to just let everything go, but I felt very strongly about this. And the next day, Estelle told me that Pastor told her that Arnold will remain in the nursery. You know, I was told that he would be out of all children's ministries. And there he was, you know, taking kids to the bathroom, working in the nursery. I was really upset at this point. All I could think about was him in the nursery and a baby's crying and he would get angry at them and you know possibly black out and start shaking the babies and the thought of that just made me feel so sick 
and the fact that pastors seem to be okay with him harming children made me feel even sicker. I decided, you know, maybe it's best that we leave the church. So I began to search for a new church, but very highly hearted. So at this point, a group of our peers had been hearing about, you know, this incident with Arnold and other incidents that had occurred and were, that seemed to not be handled appropriately. So we started like talking about some of these things. Like one of the most obvious kind of strange things to me was a convicted sex offender guilty of a child offense was allowed to teach an adult Sunday school class. And I was sitting in there and he said really inappropriate things in his lesson. And I thought that was really strange that he would be allowed to teach, you know, at all. And there was also like another incident where a missionary we had supported had many accusations of sexual misconduct with minors while working in a team work camp. And this is a person that seems to be very well known in the um, church community of sexual abuse. And there are other instances that I knew about personally and then other stuff I had heard, um, you know, just about people being verbally and sexually harassed in church. Another thing that we were disturbed about is that these young people that I mentioned earlier were teaching these classes to children and they were just completely untrained and saying things like stupid and shut up to these kids and as I was talking to my peers we, we were like we want better for our families we want different and I talked to like Estelle was one of the people I talked to about the, these things my husband talked to the pastor about the sex offender teaching his Sunday school, the adult Sunday school class. And um, one of the things that he said to him was, yeah, I had already been approached by someone else about this. And we were like, okay. He wasn't overly concerned about it, except that people were complaining about it. My husband mentioned that this man also had been posting on Facebook a side business that he runs doing boudoir pictures and had been posting this on a public local website on Facebook and um, my husband mentioned that to the pastor and he was like oh well we can't have that um, we'll take him out of there immediately uh, so he won't be teaching anymore and uh, it was clear that that was more important to him than the other things that he had done um, this man also was messaging other women in the church inappropriately that we had kind of heard about but we weren't sure so we were really concerned that he was part of that when we found out about the missionary my husband was really upset about that because it affected him directly this man who was accused of all of these things involving children had been taken in and thrown into youth group activities with my husband when he was a teenager taken on trips overnight and uh my husband was like we have to know if these things are true if the leadership of the church knew about this because that really um upset my husband a lot so just wondering if the leadership knew and all of that was really important to us so all of these concerns kind of like building up for us we really decided that we need to get answers and we need to start asking questions and that's where our hearts were, just ask questions, find out 
what's going on, what they knew, and all of that, and why. We wanted to know why these decisions have been made because they directly impact us as a family. In my husband's experiences in the youth group, it affected, it affects the future of our kids. So we were really concerned about trying to really get a feeling for where the leadership's minds are on all of these topics. So for me, I thought, you know, maybe we should try to fix this. You know, we don't necessarily have to leave. You know, maybe the leadership of the church just doesn't know. Maybe the pastor and the other people in leadership just really don't understand what's going on. Maybe they just are ignoring it and they're like, everything's fine. But when they're, they can see all of this stuff at once, maybe they would change their mind. And they'd be like, you know what, this is a problem and we are willing to fix this. And my thought is like, the church is the people. It's not just the leaders. And I, I could be the immune cell of the body of Christ. I and the rest of my group, we could all try to heal this and maybe it could get better. And this is how the rebellion started. Mm-hmm.